Hey, hey, welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and with me today, I have Justin again from the Voice of College Football in Nebraska. We'll have another guest joining us here soon, but for now, it's just me and Justin. Justin, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right, man. Uh, just got off a uh, Nebraska stream, ready to get this one rolling and uh, talk a little uh, the rest of the Big Ten, see where we go. Very good. Yeah, we're bouncing from stream to stream to stream, going everywhere. Uh, But bringing you a good show tonight because we have a lot to discuss. We have Jed Fish to discuss going to Washington after the Kalen DeBoer departure. Unlike all those national media shows who just want to talk about Alabama, we're actually going to talk about Washington because this is a Big Ten show and you're probably a Big Ten fan and want to hear about that and not about the stupid SEC. So congratulations. (laughs) You have somebody who talks about the Big Ten here. We're also going to talk a lot about Michigan tonight. Not only are we going to talk about who's going to replace JJ McCarthy. We're going to talk a little bit about the defense. We're going to talk about Blake Corum also leaving, but Donovan Edwards is coming back. So that's really good news. You know, what are some proper expectations for Michigan coming in 2024? And then we're also going to talk through some of these contract demands that Jim Harbaugh is getting to. I don't know if they're demands. I don't know who leaked it, uh, but it's definitely interesting information. We'll get the guys thoughts on that. And then finally, we'll end it up with some coach rankings, which everybody will just completely agree with. Nobody will have any problems with and everybody will just, you know, tell us great job. Right, Justin? Oh, yeah. That's how that normally goes. Per, per usual. Everybody else is the expert but us. My so. favorite is when somebody pulls out like some kind of stat from out of nowhere. Yeah, just like this person has the most Big Ten wins of the last 12 years. And like, yeah, no duh, Kirk Ferentz has the most Big Ten wins after the last 12. He's the only coach that's been here for 12 years. (laughs) Exactly, And it's like it's like no matter what, like somebody's going to have an issue with it. But, you know, it's it's such an ambiguous thing. Yet everybody thinks it's very concrete and they're they have the evidence. So we'll see. My thing is I always tell people, why don't you go through the exercise? You rank them all and see what you think. You yeah. Know? Last time they had an issue with my QB ranking, my Maryland QB ranking, and then and Talia transferred out. So we'll see. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. Well, uh, we'll get to the introducing shows and stuff later on, but I just do want to remind you, Big Banter Sports, go to bigbantersportsmedia.com or bigbantersports.com for all your Big Ten media needs. And also, please do like and subscribe. We appreciate that. Helps people figure out about the channel. And it lets other people know that we do talk Big Ten here and not just those stupid SEC schools, because who wants to hear about the SEC all the time? I don't want to, but apparently everybody else thinks they do, which is Mm -hmm. stupid. So they're they're going on the downslide. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Now that they've lost Nick Saban, they're uh they're they're down bad. So something we can all agree on. Yeah, they got Kirby Smart, and that's about it. And yep. the rest of the coaches in that conference, not trash, not good. So, all right, let's go to our first subject here. We have Jed Fish is. Is uh, the new head coach at Washington. Of course, Kalen DeBoer moved to Alabama, took Ryan Grubb with him. I believe he took the wide receivers coach with him as well. So Jed Fish is coming in. He could keep some guys. He could rehire or uh, hire some new guys. We'll see kind of what goes down there. Um, I got to be honest, Justin, this was not like my favorite hire when I first heard about it. I've known about Jed Fish, but um, the more I dig into it, the more I look into it, I I really like this hire. I think this was a good hire by Washington. Heard of some other possible candidates. And um, I think I like this hire and I think it's a good one. What are your thoughts? So, you know, for me, the 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 argument about, you know, for and against the hire. Okay, so looking at it depends on how you look at it, I think. So based on how quickly things unfolded with DeBoer to Bama, 
and they had a two day turnaround to make this hire. I think they did excellent, you know, just based on that. Now, looking at Jed Fish as a coach, right? Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot to like there. You know, again, look at that Arizona team he turned around. I mean, they were horrendous. I live in Arizona. So, you know, I follow the Arizona teams uh, a little closer than most. That team was really bad. Um, and so I, I think it depends on, on the criteria, you know, he does have big 10 coaching experience when he's OC of Michigan for a couple of years, you know, um, but you know, the, the pros of course are, are that the big 10 experience. And then the, the turnaround that he had at, at Arizona 2021, you know, took them last year, you know, I think they finished 11th in the poll, um, and had a bowl win, uh, against Oklahoma. So, the 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 only downsides there or the biggest downsides is he's never stayed anywhere for an extended period of time. Like just brushing over, like you know, his Wikipedia page and look at the places he's been. Um, fourteen different jobs and, and since two thousand, um, never been anywhere for longer than three years. I saw you know I saw that stat somewhere and I was like, and then I went and looked at the Wikipedia and it's just job after job after job. So. You know, and, and one of the biggest things that I, you know, before I saw that, because I saw that earlier, but just one of the biggest sticking points about Jed Fish that uh, when I first heard about the hires is no sustained success anywhere yet. And that's that's the one drawback. It's like, yes, you can come in and and you can do a quick turnaround, but like look at Frost with UCF, you know, and then look at what he did at Nebraska, you know, with Matt Rule. Matt Rule has experience turning around multiple programs. Um you know, and Jed Fish has been good at a lot of places, but I just want to see it for longer and uh, just curious to how that turns out. But I would say just overall, it's a, it's a based on the circumstances they were in and the position they were in. I would think it's I, I think it's a it's a really good hire based on based on that, the circumstances. Yeah, and I think we have to also recognize, you know, the expectations for Washington. Um, mm-hmm. Washington did make the national championship, but Washington is not a premier job in yep. college football and that's no fault to washington a lot of that is just location right i mean yeah. when you're recruiting one of the reasons why alabama auburn you know ole miss these type of schools are going to be considered such good jobs is because there is so much good talent down there however i do think that what we're seeing nowadays is a lot of that is not so much the case as it used to be and many people will tell me oh well john the only reason we have six years seven year guys is because of covid And yes, to a certain extent, you are correct. But I also think that a lot of these schools are going to be able to pay their players to keep them. I don't mean to make this an Ohio State show or anything like that, but I do want to bring them up as an example because what Ohio State has done this season is they've used NIL in a way that we've not really seen to the level that they're doing it, right? We've seen that people do it this way, but not to this level, to where Ohio State essentially said, we're going to throw all our NIL at all of these players to come back. I mean, the only two players that left Ohio State were Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mike Hall, the starting defensive tackle and the starting wide receiver who, you know, is probably going to be a top five pick. Um, And so what we've seen here is this kind of new realization that NIL isn't just used to get these new recruits there, but you can also bring in really good players and possibly tell them, hey, dude, you're going to be a six round pick. Why not come back and try to be a fifth round pick? Why not come back and try to be a fourth round pick? This isn't a situation where, I mean, Michigan just basically showed us the blueprint, blueprint, right? I mean, they have all these guys leaving. And one of the reasons they do is because a lot of these guys are just out of eligibility. Uh, And so for me, it's like, 
Michigan showed the blueprint. Ohio State's doing it now, and I think other teams are going to catch on really fast. So we got yep. John here. I'm going to bring him in as well. Hey guys. Hey John. I think What's going uh, on, John. I had just mentioned Michigan, and I think that you heard that, and you came in right at that time. <laughs> Absolutely. Any anytime Michigan's mentioned, there I am. Uh, no, we just wrapped uh, the Michigan live show, and uh, and just hopped right over here, and uh, wanted to wanted to thank you for having me on, and decided to chop up uh, Big Ten. For sure, yeah. We're going to get into Michigan in just a minute. We, we're talking the Washington hire right now, and I was just talking about the, the program of Washington and how yeah. Washington, even though in the past it's not been seen as a great program because of location, your Wolverines just showed us you don't have to be a hotbed for recruiting to be a good program to make it to the national cha- to win the national championship, right? Washington right. made it there as well. Um, and so I, I would love to get your perspective on that, John. Uh, you know, Jed Fish is coming in here. Do we see Washington as a top tier program that hires, or is this kind of like a program where it's like, yes, this is a good hire, but they're still growing off of this national championship visit? What are your thoughts? Hmm. So Washington is a program. Um, you know, I don't think it's it's been like one of those perennial powers. Um, you know, they they had some successful years in the '90s. Obviously, national champion uh, the year of my birth, '91. Uh, um, so that was great. And other than that, I mean, they've kind of been up and down. They had some decent years. Um, you know, with previous coaches, had some rough years with uh, Lake, and uh, and then they bring in. DeBoer and I thought it was a great hire at the time and within two years they take it from a four and eight program at dumpster fire program to uh the national championship uh and he was able to do that but you know Washington it's tough you know it's uh they don't exactly have the you'd think they have all this uh support with NIL and they do have a lot of money in the area. Um, and they do have donors that donate to the, a lot donate to the, the school, the university, but it seems like their NIL is, isn't what it could be. Uh, seems like Oregon kind of has them a little bit when it comes to that, you know, you've got your, uh, your, the, the Nike money and everything like that. So I'd say this, I'd say they're an emerging program. I think you could safely put them in an emerging program. I think the Jed Fish hire was probably the best hire they could possibly ask for. Um, I want it, like I was going to say, if for any reason uh, Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL and Sharon Moore gets like a year suspension or whatever and they can't hire him as the head coach, Jed Fish was on my very short list, along with Kalen DeBoer, of outside hires. So... Washington nailed it with this hire. Um, you know, he he obviously showed he could turn around Air, uh, Arizona, and he was a big part of the reason that the early Michigan offense years were successful. Because the second he left, and we we all saw it in the Amazon documentary, All or Nothing, and that year it was nothing. Uh, 2017 with uh, John O'Corn, and you saw what Pep Hamilton and Drevno could do. And you realize that Jed Fish was doing a lot for that offense. Um, so I think Washington nailed it with this, and uh, and I, I think they did a good hire. So would you say A plus? Then is that kind of the grade you would give on it? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, well, I mean, I guess if A plus was like Kirby, then right. I would say I, I think you have to. A. I can't. I can't yeah, go I think, a plus. 
You can't go A plus. I would think you have to kind of like we talked about. You know what is the program and what can they hire? Obviously, Washington's not going to hire yeah. Kirby Smart. That's and and so go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll I'll give. Uh, no, I was just going to say. Well, obviously, they can't hire Kirby Smart. So yeah. you have to think through like of the candidates they could hire, who was the best. And you that's know, true. did they hire the best one? Your thoughts, Justin? Yeah. So, and I do agree with that, right? I think this was, like I said, with the two day turnaround, this was an excellent hire. I, I think, I think it just depends on how we're grading it. Um, because on the surface, right. Uh, are we grading this as, you know, if we're grading it right now, just based on the situation, I think you can, you can give it a solid a plus, but are we, are we grading it as how we project this to work for the future of Washington? Um, and in that case, you know, I think that varies tremendously on on the expectations of Washington like you know they made the national championship this year but going into next year it can't be every year's national championship expectations especially with the churn and turnover on this roster so what are we calculating moving forward as success for them and what are the expectations for them I think I think maybe on the surface yeah I could agree just based on the situation a plus um, moving forward, just, just in the long term, I would say probably I'd, I'd give it maybe like a B, a B minus to start, you know, it's got to start as almost an incomplete grade, but just based on that, I would say based on his experience and, and the fact that he does have big 10, you know, experience and West coast ties and all of that, you know, I would say B minus, but yeah, I agree with the way John DeAnimo, the way you graded it. Um, I would say a plus based on that and that's that's kind of the first thing i said it was an excellent hire based on the surface but long term I, I would give it a b minus right now i think that's i think it's fair yeah i think i'm 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 a little bit higher than you justin i would give it a b plus and one of the reasons why i'm not willing to go into the age range is kind of like what or the a range is kind of like what we discussed earlier he's not been at a job longer than three years uh you know john kind of hit it on the head hey if we need somebody to come in for a year or two and then once the bolt or something like that here we go this is the guy uh because that's kind of been his mo right he's never he's been a head coach at arizona i think he was an interim at ucla for like a bowl game or something like that um yeah he went one and one there yeah yeah one and one there he lost the bowl game but he won the the final game of the season um but this is a situation where it's like washington's getting into the big 10 they're not making that full money yet um even if he is only there for say three four years i don't know if it's the worst thing ever because by that time, they should be making that nice Big Ten money and be able to attract somebody even better than Jed Fish. If Jed Fish is going to be able to come in and keep this keep this you know rolling, I'm not saying they go back to the national championship, but I would say consistent top five team in the Big Ten um, is kind of what you're looking for. Do you agree with that, John? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like who who is better? Yeah, I guess that's kind of the angle I would I would take. Like, who could they have gotten better? Yeah. Right? Nobody. Reasonably. Yeah, yeah. No, this was the best they could have done. Yeah. Like within two and, days. And, and too. so I grade based on that. Like, yeah. okay, if if Kirby Smart was in play, okay, yeah. right? You know, yeah. but he's not. And so who did it, who they who could they reasonably get back? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you look at. Uh, you know, uh, their previous coaches, uh, you know, that I think are happy doing media and they're, they're, uh, they don't want to, um, you know, be doing this anymore. So Jed fish seemed to be the guy. Um, and so from that perspective, I I just, I kind of have to give the nod to him. I, I think, I think with that criteria, that's, that's perfectly fair. 
Um, yeah, I think I think I think it just just a little bit different criteria, which we all have a different take yeah. based on how we're grading and stuff like that. And, yeah. And I do prefer to grade these surface level just because, you know, we you can grade these all you want, but they don't ever pan out, you know, the way they're the way they're graded to start. So right. Very good. All right, let's move on to John's guys. We have here we go. Michigan replacing JJ McCarthy. Now, obviously, they have many players that they're trying to replace, but obviously, you know, the quarterback is the number one that you look for most often. I'm sure we'll get into uh, Donovan Edwards coming back, which is fantastic for Michigan. I mm-hmm. going into the season, I think he is just a great athlete. Uh, Blake Horam has tremendous vision. I said that on Twitter the other day. Some of the best vision I've ever seen in a running back. Uh, boy, am I glad he's gone. <laughs> Yes. He killed my Buckeyes, uh, but you know, uh, and they're bringing some good defensive guys in, or some good defensive guys back. It's not just yeah. you know they're losing their whole defense. They have uh, defensive tackles who are coming back. Uh, Keon Sab is a great player that I love to watch. Will Johnson, his dude's gonna be a first round pick. Uh, if he went to the draft today, he'd probably be a first round pick. Um, so you know they have a lot of pieces coming back, but I think the one they're thinking the most about is. J.J. McCarthy, who's going to come in for that? John, what are some of your thoughts on replacing J.J. McCarthy? Yeah, so obviously, you know, I was just on uh, talking about a lot of these topics. And, um, you know, it's 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 tough because obviously J.J. McCarthy uh, might have been one of the best quarterbacks Michigan has seen since the 40s. You go back to somebody like a, a Tom Harmon. Uh, you know, somebody like that. Um, but you know, what's that? Did you get to watch him play? Uh, not personally. <laughs> uh, well, no, I went in my time machine. Uh, you know, I've been building <laughs> oh, nice. a time machine and, you know, uh, just sat back there. Uh, but, but no, JJ really, uh, he's tough to replace, but you have to do it. A big part of this is what happens with Harbaugh too. I mean, that's the elephant in the room. What happens with Harbaugh? Does he stay or go? Um, but regardless, you have on this on the QB uh, room, you've got a couple. You've got Alex Orgy, who we saw in limited play this season uh, as a runner, primarily running. He, he, he was assigned RPOs, and he he tended to pick the R, and he didn't really pick the P ever in the uh, run pass option. Um, but but uh, if he can throw, which I think in the spring game once or twice we saw him throw. Um, uh, allegedly he has a good arm. We just haven't really seen it. I imagine it's and very so, strong <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> if he can, if he can, uh, work with, uh, Kirk Campbell and, and get that arm up, then Alex Orgy is going to be tough to beat. Um, but you do have, of course, Jaden Denigal, who's been, uh, who's been contending. Uh, you have Jaden Davis who, um, yes, he's a freshman, but he did enroll. He, he came in early and was with the team for the Rose Bowl and for the national championship and was practicing with the team. Um, so that always helps when you're up against some other players and you've, you still have spring ball and fall and fall camp to go. He might actually be in the running. Um, but I would give it at this point to Alex Orgy, unless they bring in, I thought they might go for Talia, but he got rejected by the NCAA uh, for his seventh year of eligibility. They said, you know, seven years, just too much, even though we've let all these other people um, have eight, seven, eight years. Um, you know, that's too much for you, Talia. Go to the NFL and uh, go do that. So now he's uh, he's he's now preparing for his NFL 
you know, and ha- where he's going to go in the draft. So um, for me, it's Alex Orgy uh, as the as the front runner right now. But we'll see spring camp. We'll see the spring game. And they'll get to compete against each other in the spring game. And then we'll really get to understand where they're all at. Yeah, I think Alex Orgy, I mean, obviously, he's a fantastic athlete. Um, if you've seen pictures of him, he, he, huge. I mean, the guy's just huge. Um, and so, I, like I said, I imagine he has to have a strong arm. <laughs> he looks like he's been in the weight room every single day. Um, so well, That's Ben Herbert, man. Ben Herbert, strength and conditioning coach. Yes. He's the, uh, he's the Mickey Marotti of, uh, of Michigan and, and brought that the mental toughness up, the physical toughness up. And, uh, and, and Alex Orgy is just one example of that. Oh, yeah. And people don't realize how much strength and conditioning coaches help with culture and everything else like that as well. Um, that, that, that really was kind of the turning point for Michigan. And, and you can tell in the toughness and everything that they display on the field as well. Um, Justin, what are your thoughts on replacing J.J. McCarthy? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the exciting option is Jaden Davis because, you know, he's supposed to be their, their future quarterback. Um, but but looking at it just from, um, you know, and and not a lot of experience, you know, when I looked at Alex Orgy's numbers, there's not a lot. I think he was, you know, like he said, he ran the ball um, and I think it's tempted one pass in two years. I, I saw that somewhere. So I ch- I think with Alex Orgy, it's like it, it's almost like you unless they're able to kind of somewhat land a transfer portal quarterback of some time kind, I think you have to go unless Jaden Davis completely just rocks, you know, blows their, yeah. their shoes off in the spring game. And in the spring, he's going to have to come on strong and put just absolutely blow Alex Orgy out of the water, I think, to win that job. So yeah. um, I, I think it's his to lose. Yeah, I think so as well. And, you know, I think about it too. Like, you know, obviously I'm not saying I have no idea about Alex Orgy's passing or anything like that. But when I think back to Michigan's history, you know, I think of a guy like Denard Robinson, who, you know, obviously made a living just being a fantastic athlete. Obviously, he had his arm struggles, which limited him as a passer, which, you know, that stunk for him. But, you know, he was obviously still a great quarterback in college and uh, had a professional career as well. Uh, however, you know, I think back to that and I think about it. If Sharon Moore, I'm not making that prediction. I actually think Jim Harbaugh comes back. I said that in the last episode. But um, if, you know, Sharon Moore is the guy. I think he's perfectly fine with having a running quarterback like Alex Orgy, who does more of the R instead of the P, like you said, in the run pass option, John. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's what Sharon Moore wants to do. Sharon Moore wants yeah. to pound the rock. He wants to run the ball. And, you know, until somebody stops him, I don't see why he wouldn't want to just keep keep doing that. So put the guy out there who's a fantastic athlete um, and gives you one more blocker when he does run the ball because you don't have the quarterback sitting back there handing it off. So a couple other names that when I was researching it and kind of thinking through it, um, Jaden Delora from Arizona, he got, uh, I think it was either benched this year or last year. I think he played in 2022. Um, so, you know, he's in the transfer portal from Arizona, actually a pretty good quarterback. Noah Fafita was just really good himself. I think so. Jeff, Sims, Jeff Sims might still be in the portal. Jeff, oh, sure. If you, if you want him. Hey, there you I, go. I obviously I'm a Buckeye fan. I don't know if I'd wish that on Michigan though. <laughs> I, I think that's one thing you'd want to wish on them. I know, but I, I well, I, I will I, say this. I I he might be uh so so we had uh Alan Bowman uh yeah. transfer in and he was like the third or fourth string. I, I mean Jeff Sims could do that and like be go. a body in the QB room. Yeah. Just better hope it's you know not that. impossible. It's not. 
Um, and then another name I found, which I haven't heard anything about this guy. I tried to do some research on him before before the show, but I couldn't find much. Um, Jordan McLeod from James Madison. The guy's been mm. around quite a few places. He was at U- USF. He was at James Madison. I think he was at one other spot uh, before James Madison. But um, he had a really good passer rating in 2022. He was up there with kind of the Curtis Rourke, CJ Stroud, yeah. Stroud um, who's the other one, Caleb Williams as well. His QBR was really, really high. So, um, you know, that, that would be another option that Michigan might be looking at. We'll see. I have no idea. Uh, but we, we always have the spring portal left as well. So, but I think that would be the one that if Michigan did decide to go after a Jordan McLeod, that would be the guy that I think could really excite Michigan fans and, and be kind of an underrated name that people, people aren't sure of. Have you thought of any other transfer quarterback guys, John? Well, I was looking at Talia, and then obviously we got the news today about about that. Um, you, you know, I like I like Jordan McLeod. I'm looking at his stats now. Uh, you know, anybody who has uh, three thousand six hundred fifty seven passing yards and thirty five touchdowns and ten interceptions, they're okay by me. And um, and if if you're going to bring a guy like that in to compete against Alex Orgy, compete against Jaden Davis, compete against Jaden Denegal that'll be one hell of a quarterback competition and um, may the best man win. So I think that is, that's the type of person you bring in to, uh, to make it like a three or four way competition for starter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. How funny would it be if Jalen Milrow, you know, is up in the portal and ended up at Michigan. That would be be something. Cause you know, they, they scouted him in game. Uh, You know, I, I, I think, uh, Sharon Moore you know, the ball. He can uh, lot and he can throw a football too. You, you see that Auburn that game that pass against Auburn, Auburn to win the game. That was incredible. Yep. Uh, John, I do want to get your your take on a few other positions. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, like we talked about Blake Corum, Don, you know, yeah. Donovan Edwards. I think we'll take yeah. that over. Um, but you know, we have some other guys leaving. Uh, some offensive linemen. Zach Zinter kind of leads the pack there. But uh, some wide receivers and Robin Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, as well. I I don't know if you feel the same as me. I'm less concerned about the defense just because we saw a lot of underclassmen play. Uh, but I'm more concerned about kind of the offensive line and the wide receivers. It sounds so weird saying I'm concerned about Michigan's offensive line. I'm not concerned that they won't be good. I'm kind of concerned who they're going to bring in. Uh, do you have any thoughts on wide receivers and offensive linemen coming in for next year? Yeah. So with wide receiver talent, you do have uh, Tyler Morris. Um, who will probably be in one of the three starting positions? Um, you've you've got uh, you've got people like uh, Samaj Samaj Morgan. You've got uh, Carmelo English. You've you know Peyton O'Leary might actually slide to a wide receiver position. Over, uh, you know, I believe he's tight end at the moment, but they might slide him over to wide receiver. Um, however, I think that that is definitely a position where you look at the transfer portal, you look at, um, you might see if you can get somebody from Alabama, you know, cause clearly everybody's getting people from Alabama these days. Um, you know, maybe you get somebody from a Georgia or somebody who, cause they have so much talent that not everybody can play over there. Well, guess what here wide receiver. It's kind of like when you're a good one, you're probably going to start because our wide receiver talent is the one area that I think 
you know, people ask me, well, what does Ohio State have over Michigan? And I said, well, one thing that Ohio State still has is wide receiver coaching and wide receiver recruiting. And, um, and that's one area that we could really improve. So, um, so I would love to see them bring in a, a wide receiver in the transfer portal. Um, as far as O-line, uh, people actually don't realize that we, we have an O-line um, that is pretty solid. So, um, so we've got Greg Crippen, who's going to probably be center unless they bring someone in. Um, you've got uh, Giovanni Elhadi, who's uh, who was a redshirt sophomore this year. Um, so he'll be he'll be uh, in a probably in a starting position. Um, and then from there, you've got um, you've got a couple people who you know they might either they might either keep. I I, I guarantee you that that that's one area that they will use the transfer portal because every single year they've gotten a couple of uh, transfers to compete with the existing talent. And sometimes they win and sometimes they lose, but, um, but that's what Sharon Moore does. He tries to grow the players that they have, but then to compete against them, he brings in um, a Ladarius Henderson, or he brings in a Drake Nugent um, to compete against the existing players. And I think that's a great way of doing it because then it's like, Whoever's the best is going to play. Um, so I'm not too concerned. Um, O-line is going to change a lot, obviously. Like pretty much everyone is going to look different. I don't think anybody's coming back from the starting lineup at all. So it's going to look very different on the O-line. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. You, you stack the, you stack it up, win a title, you, you, then you're going to need to replace some people. Uh, yep. But I think, I think uh, Michigan is in decent shape obviously i feel way better about the defense than i do about the offense because there's a lot of unknowns about the offense but um yeah i think we're going to be okay uh at those positions and uh the, the fact is this is a coaching staff sharon moore regardless of what happens with harbaugh sharon moore knows how to scout uh these these coaches know how to scout people from coastal carolina who then make huge plays against alabama in the game um, so I, that if there's one thing I have very little doubt on is this coaching staff knows how to scout talent that may not be a five star. They don't use two, four, seven as a shopping list. They actually <laughs> dig deep and they look at the real talent at every level of football and who's dominating their, um, their, their position group. And so I think, I think, uh, at least from there, I don't have too much doubt in Michigan's ability to do that. That's all I was going to say was, you know, even if you do lose everybody, if there's a coach that you want for the offensive line that can replace some guys, it's Sharon Moore. Uh, he's proven right. to be one of the best offensive line coaches in the nation. And who knows? He could turn out to be one of the best head coaches in the nation, too, if something happens. We'll see. Uh, speaking of the head coach in Michigan, Justin, we'll let you start with this one. Jim Harbaugh has some contract demands that were reported by Dan Wetzel on Yahoo Sports. I don't know if you'd call them demands. That was just kind of the word that popped into my head about it. So uh, I'm just going to read a section of his article really fast that gives us a good perspective here. Dan says, 
Specifically, sources said Harbaugh is seeking language that would grant him immunity from termination from any finding or sanction that could arise from multiple current NCAA investigations into the program. Another piece of this is he also wants to push back the time when he would sign the contract. That way, his buyout would not be as large. So these are kind of the two big things that Jim Harbaugh wants is he wants to delay the signing so that way a buyout is not at large, presumably so that way an NFL team could sign him if they want to. That's just my thought. I don't know if that's, you know, for sure. That's just kind of putting pieces together. Uh, And then the other piece of it, like I said, is immunity in case there is some kind of sanction uh, or or, or penalty on him. Justin, I got to know, is is Jim Harbaugh asking for too much here? So I, I think this also depends, right? I, I do think it is a lot to ask. I, I think what he's doing is he's just trying to set his price based on, you know, what he did this season, what he was able to do and, and riding the the high. And I think I think it's smart of him to do this because one of the biggest things we talked about, you know, previously when it was the indication that was he might leave was one of the big reasons we thought that was because of the implications that may still come because of the, you know, the NCAA's side of this investigation and, and, you know, the reports that he lied on certain factors of it. I don't know the, I don't know how true that is. So I won't speak on, on that part of it, but, um, you know, is, is he looking for these protections to make it easier to land an NFL job eventually? Is he looking for these protections because the big 10 is changing so drastically next year and, and, it's going to be harder to to make it to a championship with the playoff next year. You know, is he just trying to make sure that he has these things in place so that way, in case he doesn't reach the mountaintop again, he's in a great position. Um, but then at the at the same time, you know, as as a athletic director, if you you know, where is too much power for your coach? You know, at a certain point, what is the middle ground between? We can meet in the middle, but I'm not giving you too much power. I'm not giving you too much leeway to where you're kind of calling the shots. Um, you know, and, and and the one thing I think, you know, if it's true that he is actually asking, because a lot of this is speculation, uh, I don't know how much of it is confirmed concrete. But if that is the case, I think it just kind of puts him on an island by himself um, in terms of, you know, his staff, you know, I want to be protected versus his staff, which I think might more be an indication that potentially, you know, this is more so to do with a potential, you know, NFL uh, role. But, you know, I I just I think the protection of me, like just me, me, me just kind of comes across a little a little just arrogant. If that's true. Now, that's just me, because I think I think, you know, he would probably try to go to bat for for his staff as well if if he had the the possibility to do that. So, yeah. yeah, I know John's ready to take off on this, but but that's oh, just yeah. a mistake. So, go, John, go ahead. Oh, um, so fun fact: uh, today, I actually asked one of the Michigan Regents, uh, "Hey, hey, bud, um, how's it going with the uh, the Harbaugh contract? And uh, you know, where is it? And can we just give him whatever he wants so we can get this thing done? The man just won a national championship." Um, uh, this was Regent Acker and Regent Acker responded to me, um, basically saying he loves Jim Harbaugh, thinks he's the best coach in the country, wants to coach at Michigan for a long time, as long as Harbaugh wants to, uh, he's also not interested in negotiating through the public or through the press. Um, so basically buzz off, but, uh, thanks for your, your, uh, your post. And, um, 
and so that was fun. And we got to to talk about that on air uh, a bit too. So, so we appreciate region Acker for uh, being willing to say anything about it because right. you know, it, it's uh, it's, it's obviously a lot of leaks and a lot of rumors and nothing really confirmed. Um, do I think there's some truth to Harbaugh trying to get some immunity and some protections in case the NCAA comes down? Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Why? Well, it's very simple. I think two things can be true at the same time. I think one is that he probably thinks he's innocent and he thinks his coaching staff is innocent. I believe that. But I also think it's fair to try to get some protections in there because the NCAA has proven to be a loose cannon. They just out of nowhere shot the uh, FSU with like a, 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 a t- whole bunch of uh, uh, penalties for NIL. Just out of nowhere, just boom, here you go. Um, you know, obviously they went after uh, Michigan for Burgergate, uh, you know, and a level one violation and multiple level two violations. And we still don't know what they're going to levy for stallions. So because of that, um, I don't blame the guy at all for trying to put in some protections and for saying you can't fire me for for cause. Um, you know, if the NCAA just decides they, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed and, uh, you know, we're going to slap an eight year show cause on Michigan. You know, so so I, I think it's fair. Um, however, uh, on the other side of the coin, um, you, you know, I think he wants to go to the NFL. I think there's a part of him that he's so competitive. He's at the Thanksgiving table with John Harbaugh, who won that Super Bowl last play of the game, basically, um, you know, and uh, against against his brother right against jim um so that eats at him i'm sure it does because they've been competing against each other since the womb and they're a very competitive family and uh harbaugh even mentioned it in the con in the press conference i can now sit at the adults table because my dad won a national championship my brother won a super bowl and now i won a national championship so i can sit at the adults table i mean that's real that's really the inner dynamic in that family so um so I think he's going to pursue his options. He's going to look at, you know, he met with the Chargers uh, yesterday or today. He met with the Chargers, and um, he's probably going to meet with the Cowboys. And, uh, and he's going to vet his options, and he's yep. going to see what, uh, what, what will make sense for him uh, for the next couple years of his, of his coaching career. Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of what you said, uh, John, and, and people might be surprised at me saying this because I'm an Ohio State fan, but... Um, I don't think Jim Harbaugh's being greedy at all. I don't think he's asking for too much at all. In fact, Sonny put up a lot of the thoughts I was having. Harbaugh hey, has so much leverage as a head coach can in today's world. Beloved alum, he took a pay cut before he just won a national championship. I completely agree with Sonny. I think the pay cut thing is huge that he took before. I think the fact that he was was willing to be there for the rest of the university during the COVID times as well, I think that's that, that gained him some huge social leverage. And at the end of the day, I think he can spend it now because, you know, like you said, John, he probably can go to the NFL if he wants to. And I think it's a smart move by him to wait to sign the contract until um, until he knows he's not going to the NFL. Uh, but I have no problem with Jim Harbaugh asking for this stuff. Man, if you just won a national championship, if you just had one of the best three-year stretches in all of college football history, not just Michigan history, but one of the best in all of college football history, how could you not? And then on top of that, 
if Michigan decides, no thanks, we're moving on from here, they have Sharon Moore in the waiting, so he knows that he has built up a coach behind him who is going to do a very good job, most likely, but a very good job behind him uh, and keep the program rolling. He built up the strength and conditioning like we talked about earlier. He built up this this other head coach, uh, and he built up the talent. So in my mind, I don't blame Jim Harbaugh at all, and <clears throat> the only way I see there being a loss here, the only way is if something happens with the NCAA, Jim sticks around, and then they're forced to continue to pay Jim's contract, uh, even if sanctions are levied against them, uh, which like you said, John, we have really no idea what the NCAA is going to do. I've heard certain things. I've put them out there before. Uh, but at the end of the day, the NCAA seems to go back and forth on this. Uh, one day they want to get rid of everything. The next day it's all fair and square and nothing was done wrong. And so who really knows what exactly is going to happen? And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm saying, you know, protect me if something does happen because we have a loose cannon NCAA ready to take things out here. Um, so, so Justin, real quick, let us know. Do you think Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL next season? Yes or no? Next season? Or, yeah, I guess, yeah, he's in I'm, there in 2024. I, at this point, I do think that Michigan wants to keep him so bad that they will give him enough of these stipulations, whatever they are that he's asking. Um, they will do whatever they can to get him back, in my opinion. Um, and it's going to come down to whether he likes these open positions right now. And, you know, there's not a lot to choose from. You know, Dallas might be the most enticing and he can also leverage Dallas. So that I think that's a big threat just because Jerry Jones will open his pockets if need be. Um, so I think that's the biggest threat. But overall, I don't know how dead set they are. The Cowboys are on him or anything like that. And I think uh, he would probably want to figure that out sooner rather than later. And so I, I think he'll I think he'll come back. And I think a lot of these protections, like I said, I, I totally get it. I think they're just to set him up um, for that potential move in, in case he does come back this next year. And I think at that point, it's going to be a year-by-year basis. Yeah, yeah, great thought. What do you think, John? Well, you know, I've, I've said this for months. We did an episode of Michigan Wolverines Live called The Last Dance months and months ago before – uh, basically right after Burgergate came out. Um, and I said he, he gone uh, after this year. This is the last dance year. It's this year or bust to win the Natty. Um, and then Jim Harbaugh is going to pursue his NFL dreams. Um, so he doesn't have to deal with the NCAA. Um, and he can go and, and shape an NFL team to, to his image, um, whatever one he decides to take. And, and the thing is, he's going to have he's probably going to have like multiple offers, multiple and, and even more teams that he'll have a first round or second round interview with. Yep. Um, and then Michigan will try to match it mm-hmm. and let the chips fall where they may. But, but I've said he's gone. Um, if he stays, I'd be so happy to be wrong, but um, just based on what we've seen, uh, you know, he had a very good interview with the chargers and I think the opportunity to coach Justin Herbert, um, that he has been, he is such an amazing talent and just the coaching, the the coaching malpractice on that chargers team. Like the fact that they haven't at least gone to one super bowl is coaching malpractice. In my opinion, like, yeah, everybody's talking about the Eagles coach. Well, that guy got Jalen hurts the freaking super bowl like last year. Yeah. Um, 
he made a bad hire with Matt Patricia, but he he's like, if we're going to compare, uh, how about Staley just completely fumbling the bag yeah. of the Chargers? So I think the Chargers are going to be in play. Uh, the Cowboys, if Jerry Jones can actually swallow his pride, swallow his ego, his need for control, which has been an, uh, an open secret for so long, um, you know, they might, I mean, they have the money to pay him. They have the, you know, they, they could give him a lot of what he wants. He'd have to deal with Dak Prescott and that whole situation, the $40 million for Dak Prescott. But um, I have a pretty strong feeling uh, Mike McCarthy's getting fired because Jerry wants a Super Bowl. And the fact is McCarthy hasn't gotten it done. Um, so it's, it's called, I call it the Harbaugh sweepstakes. You're going to have multiple teams offering him somewhere between 12 to 20 million a year. And um, and pretty much unlimited power and control. I think uh, I, I think it's going to be harder for some teams to offer that than others. But um, it's really going to come down to I think ownership fit, GM fit. Is he allowed to pick his GM? Because that's something else that he's going to try to do is pick his GM. Um, he doesn't want to be the GM, but he wants to be able to name somebody who he's buddies with to to be in that position. So. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but like I said, I just think there's too much smoke here. And um, and it's just happened too often. And I think Sharon Moore is going to be your 2024 coach of the Michigan Wolverines. And Jim Harbaugh is going to be your 2024 coach of insert NFL team here who who uh, needs somebody who's a proven winner. Yeah. And and uh, JR, just, just to, uh, to bounce off that, you know, like a few days ago, before these reports came out, I... I was leaning towards him going. I was pretty much dead set on him going just based on, you know, reaching the mountaintop, everything changing next year. Like I said, it's going to get harder to win in college football, to win in the Big Ten. Um, and so, but if these if these are true and and they give it to him, I, I'm just wondering if that is, if if this leak is true and he's asking for these things and they give it to him, I'm wondering if there's just a, they're trying to get this done, you know, sooner rather than later and just get this locked up. Maybe Michigan tries to force that hand and maybe they do agree to a lot of these things. I, it's going to be a very interesting process and fluid process. But um, I think I think personally, the Cowboys fit basically. But based on their team structure, <clears throat> what Harbaugh had at Michigan the most, you know, versus the Chargers, you know, Eckler's on the decline. And I just think. I think that's probably the best fit for him. So if they do end up firing Mike McCarthy, which I 100% think they will, if you look at Jerry Jones in that in that press box, it didn't look good. Um, I think the da- Dallas Cowboys will be really, really hard to pass up. Um, but right now, just, you know, I'm not 100% sold on the Chargers, but, you know, John would probably know more about the inside information about how that meeting went than me. But that's just my take on it. I just think, uh, I think there's a lot of variability, but I'm wondering if how Michigan's approach to this, if they're going to try to just force his hand by giving him what he wants. So we'll see. I'm surprised neither of you guys mentioned um, the Raiders with their uh, rumor coming out that they're going to draft JJ McCarthy for him to come there, which. Uh, why don't they just, they, they need to get Antonio Pierce. Max Crosby already said he's going to leave, but they don't. Devontae Adams said he's going to yeah. leave. Well, they need to get, they need uh, to hire The Raiders was my, was my initial pick months and months ago. Um, but with Antonio Pierce having so much support mm-hmm. uh, with the program, I think he's probably going to be the guy. Uh, the odds currently are Chargers at minus 150, and then not the head coach of an NFL team at plus 100. Uh, so Vegas knows something. 
Uh, the Chargers, the Chargers are in the lead tremendously. Um, I think that the meeting apparently went pretty well yep. uh, because obviously, you know, he 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 did he did visit. Um, you know, he said Los Angeles is the happiest place on earth, uh, and with that quarterback, I think he could see a quick route to a Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, you know, he's sixty. He's not going to be coaching at this team for 20, 30 years. He wants to win a Super Bowl quick. And um, the way to do that, I think, is to get a generational quarterback right away, Justin Herbert, and build around him. Any any position group that they're weak on, guess what? He he can go get a Michigan Wolverine. Uh, Because they're at at practically every position. There's a a Trevor Keegan. There's a Junior Colson. There's a somebody that Jim Harbaugh has personally worked with for years and years, knows that they're good, and will probably draft that player to shore up any weak position group that they have. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just imagining Jim Harbaugh with his, his little chicken farm in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy to think about that. Um, yeah, no, I, I've been saying from the beginning, I don't think he leaves. Um, I do think the, the odds change, changing with the charges here, it wasn't like minus 500 or something like that at one point with Jim Harbaugh staying. And I was like, yeah, no way he's going. But apparently this, this Chargers interview went really, really well. So I don't know if they're, they know something or they're just going off bets or whatever, but, uh, I still am like 55% that he's going to stay because I'm a little stubborn and don't want to say I was wrong, but. Uh, I, I probably am wrong. He probably will be moving on, which is not so, like, like you said, John, it's not such a bad thing. Sharon Moore is going to be a really good coach for them. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's much better. He leaves this season rather than last season. So, well, well, one thing I will say with that, with that, uh, the, I think the big loss will be that Jesse Minner will most likely go with Harbaugh. Yeah. I think good. that's the big loss. Good point. Um, because who do you like? Do you get clink scale to, to level up? I mean, who do you, you know, who continues? Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to hire from outside and change the scheme. The scheme right. works, right? This 4 2 5 that they have, the multiple um, defense that they have that they got from the, the, the Ravens, um, it's clearly working against the team that it needs to work against, which is Ohio State. Um, it was brought in literally because we kept getting our asses kicked. Uh, against Ohio State and Don Brown's defense is getting figured out left and right, um, and they they brought in you know uh, Jim Jim calls his brother says uh, hey can you help me out uh, well yeah I can give you Mike McDonald or I can give you Jesse Minner I'll pick Mike McDonald Mike McDonald does a year institutes the system and now Jesse Minner's done it the last two years and uh, and so I hope they pick someone who can continue that if Jim Harbaugh is going to leave. Pick someone who can continue what uh, Mike McDonald and Jesse Minner started. I'd be okay with Don Brown coming back. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure he would. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. To all be right. Uh, we're we're pushing an hour here, so let's go ahead and get to our uh, rankings here. Sure. Don't mind me, John. I sent I sent the uh, the the list of uh, items over late, so John might have to or uh, might have to fly by the seat of his pants here. All right, John. Yep. If if, if uh, the Twitter trolls get uh, get you, we'll we'll just let them know. John did this off of uh, vibes instead of off of massive research. So yes, we'll, uh, oh, I'm in your spot there, Justin. There we go. I'm not a Nebraska fan. <laughs> All right, 
Justin, we started with you last time. Let's go ahead and start with you this time. So the way we do this is we kind of snake. So we'll go Justin, we'll go me, we'll go John. John will pick his next one, then me, then Justin, and then so on and so forth. So Justin, who's your number one coach after 2023 in the Big Ten right now? Matt Rule. No, I'm just playing. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Got to be number one. I uh, I agree. Jim Harbaugh is my number one as well. John, I think I can put it there for you, correct? You know, you know, I was actually thinking about PJ Fleck. You know, I really like uh, the, oh road, God, the boat. Don't, uh, don't do that, please. Yeah, no, no. Uh, it's I like obviously my free to do that. Harbaugh, Harbaugh won the freaking natty. Yeah, you can't, you can't not put him first. All right, who's second for you, John? Okay, um, this is this pains me to do it, but I'm going to say Ryan Day. It's okay. I put Jim Harbaugh one. I think you can put Ryan Day two. <laughs> right (laughs) uh yeah i put ryan day two as well he's not done so great in the big games and things like that but i also look at this list and say who really has so uh, right ryan day justin are you along those same lines yeah i figured this would be one and two i almost wanted to mix things up and go james franklin i just couldn't do it i i guess you really really have the ohio state fans going after i tried to mix it up but i couldn't do that all right so who's your number three then uh, my number three, is James Franklin. Okay, I'll go James Franklin at three. Yeah, just, I mean, he's he's. I know that Penn State's not quite over the hump, but I mean, I think they're a couple of, you know, a couple of pieces away from being, you know, getting over that hump. I, I like James Franklin as a coach. It just me, me, maybe something I like in James Franklin. I'm partial to him, but uh, I got him. I got him ranked three. I um I really wanted to do Kirk Ferentz here. I really wanted to mix it up because I figured you guys might go with James Franklin, but uh, I don't think I can. I think I no, have no. to go with James Franklin at three. Um, so I guess that gives you a hint to who my number four is. But yeah, James Franklin at three. Who do you have, John? Kirk Ferentz. Oh, so you oh, do? No. Okay. Oh, All right. God. I like James Franklin. James Franklin is one of the most fraudulent coaches I think in the history oh, no. of college football. Uh, you know, he has skated in his career on one fluke win against Ohio State in 2016. Dang, you're uh, coming he, from he, he he won against uh, a, a depleted Utah team in the Rose Bowl. Uh, he 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 cannot. Kirk Ferentz has actually won uh, things. Uh, he he's he's won the Big Ten West uh, multiple years. He somehow gets ten wins with defense alone. Um, and he probably would be a playoff team if they, if they had an offense. So, you know, he, once he picks an OC that, you know, is actually decent, um, you know, they might, they might be a real contender in the future. So I'm going Kirk Ferentz. That's the problem though. They only have half a team and one of the big 10 West ain't that hard. (laughs) That was what I was going to say was that, that really is what kept me out of it is if Penn state was in the big 10 West, I feel like they've won it just as many times, if not more than I was. Yeah. Brooklyn. Um, that's how I feel. I but, could just, but I I respect your decision because I thought of it myself, John. So I did. <laughs> I absolutely did not think of Kirk Ferencer. <laughs> All right, who's your number four then, John? Uh, Franklin. Franklin. Figured that's where we had to go. So, uh, yeah, I know you're not going to like it, Justin, but I, I do have to go with Kirk Ferentz at four. Uh, the longevity, the ability um, to to coach when you know you just have zero offense. Um, you know, the way he's <laughs> able to do that and still win games, uh, like we said, part of that might just be because of the Big Ten West. However, uh, I do think that that is admirable enough to put him at number four. Who's your number four, Justin? 
All right, go ahead and uh, this one's this one might be a little off of y'all's. I don't know where y'all got him. I like I like Greg Schiano here. I I, mm. I just love the way Rutgers, you know, Rutgers coming into the Big Ten. It seemed like a massive mistake by them, and, and what he's been able to do there, bring the physicality of that team. I mean, they're for what they lack in terms of just resources. It's it's unreal what he's been able to do with that team, and so you know why Rutgers isn't. You know, one of the top programs. I think what he's done with that team is just excellent. All right, who's your number five? Uh, number five is Matt Rule. All right, I like. I it. had to do it. Right? I, had to, I had to throw him. <laughs> I had to throw him out there. Five. Just <laughs> not not just not just what he did last year, but what he's been able to do uh, improvement wise since he came in in such a short amount of time. It, it's just it's it's a night and day compared to what Nebraska has even been. And since 2016, you know, it's been that long since Nebraska has even sniffed a winning record. Um, and, you know, he did it. He won five games and and nearly did it with, you know, whatever that quarterback room was we had last year. And he's recruited well. So um, I'm, I'm, I might be a little biased here, but I'm going to go Matt Rule five. I, I think it makes sense. Um, I'm going to go here and you guys are, might might disagree with me, probably will. But I'm going go with Brett Bielema. At five. Oh um, wow! One of the reasons That's why high. is because he had his he he had his high. good seasons at Wisconsin. He's proved it in the Big Ten, and for me, that's going to be a lot. Is can you win in the Big Ten? Can you do these things? He did win at Wisconsin. Um, I thought about Luke Fickle, but at the end of the day, I said, "Look, Luke Fickle has won at Cincinnati. Luke Fickle has not won in the Big Ten yet. You know, we can give him the injuries and all that stuff last year. That's fine. Uh, but at the end of the day, Brett Bielema has won in the Big Ten, and he almost won." Won the Big Ten West last year. Uh, he was actually a, a few plays away versus Michigan and winning the Big Ten West last year. So um, he is one of the few coaches that has given Jim Harbaugh a good game these past few years. True, and uh, I, I, you know, I think he's doing some really good stuff with an Illinois program that, uh, kind of like you said with Rutgers, is is just not been great of recent, and he's kind of turned it around. So, John, who's your number five? Um, I'm going for the Big Ten Coach of the Year, David Braun. All right. Uh, I I thought Northwestern uh, in my preseason predictions was going to go two and ten uh, with the scandal, the weenie wash, all the things that were going on with that program. Uh, David Braun was put in an almost impossible position. Um, he was able to rally the team somehow, uh, get to eight and five, including a bowl win. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, that's incredibly impressive. And I, 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 very few coaches, I think, would have been able to accomplish. I mean, we talk about Greg Schiano. Uh, Greg Schiano hasn't had eight wins, has he? Maybe he had eight wins this year. How many wins did he have? Uh, six, seven? I think he got to eight with the I think bowl eight win, didn't With he? the bowl game? Okay. Got, yeah. yeah. Or no, he, he, went to, he went to seven. He, he was yeah. six and six. So, but, but yeah, like, it, it's an incredible uh, overachievement of expectations. And I think you got to put him, as, he won the Big Ten Coach of the Year. Uh, he won the Newcomer Coach of the Year. I'm going David Braun. Before we get to your next one, I just want to make sure. Sunny, oh, uh, Sonny's comment is put oh, up there. Sonny knows ball as well. No, Thank you. Thank no, you. Uh, I think coming off of post 2023 head coach rankings, I saw that Illinois team played <laughs> in Nebraska and they were the only team that ever shot themselves in the foot more than us. That's coaching. Uh, all right, John, who's your number six? Uh, I'll go Matt Rule here. I like it. I um, like it. So, so, you know, Matt Rule um, is a proven program builder. 
uh, at every stop other than, you know, in college, he has been able to turn programs around, um, you know, from Temple to Baylor, taking them from like one win to 11. Uh, very impressive. And he's starting to do it at, at Nebraska. Uh, he did go five and seven, but this is a team that, you know, was really, really underachieving with Scott Frost. He's brought back the physicality in practice. He's brought back, uh, you know, having to actually tackle people in practice. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the defense has improved tremendously. I think offense has been a challenge at times, but um, I, I think he's, he's proven it at all of his stops that, uh, that he's earned a, a pretty high spot on here. I debated uh, six and seven a lot, but I'm going to go with Luke Fickle here. Um, It's hard for me to leave a guy out of the top six six who's made it to the playoffs. Uh, That was at Cincinnati and all that stuff, but he got there. Granted, he got killed uh, (laughs) in the playoffs, but he got there with a G5 team, and uh, I think think he deserves enough credit for that to be top six. So, All right, Justin, who's your number six? Yeah, Luke Fickle. I'm going Luke Fickle uh, for many of the same reasons you mentioned, just his his success. And I, I think he is the perfect coach for Wisconsin. He was, you know, when when uh, Nebraska was in the in the running for for head coach, uh, it was Matt Rule and Luke Fickle were, you know, I had Luke Fickle ahead. I had Luke Fickle as my my preferred option. We didn't get him, of course. So I, I think he's a great head coach. I, I like Luke Fickle a lot. Very good. Number seven. Um, Kirk. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, okay. Man. I wanted to move him lower. Just <laughs> I got to go, Kirk Ferentz here. Just yeah, just um, yeah, whatever, man. I don't want to talk good about him. Let's move on. It's fine. Hey, I had to say so many nice things about Jim Harbaugh today. Uh, <laughs> you can say one or two, but that's all right. We're, no, we'll, we'll no, on. just similar to what John said. Just just what he's been able to do. Like ten wins it is not easy to do, especially when you have half a team and yeah, you know, brain dead offense. So. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Greg Schiano. Uh, like m- much of what you said, and I also like the coaching staff uh, additions that he's made lately. I think that's an underrated part of head coaching is uh, making the right staff adjustments, and I think Schiano's done that lately. And the portal's really helped him. He's gotten some good players in there that he wasn't able to before. Uh, and I think they're going to build off this season and be a bit more of a of a problem than I think p- than uh, other teams give it credit for. So, John, your number seven. I'll go fickle here. Uh, like you said, he, he, he made it to the playoff with Cincinnati. Um, you know, his, his first season at Wisconsin, it could be argued that he underperformed a little. Um, they're still figuring out that air raid uh, situation on offense, but I think, um, I think they'll, they'll do well this season. And, uh, and, you know, he's proven it in the past. So he can turn, he can build programs, um, but I'm putting him seven. Very good. All right. Who's your number eight? I uh, put Shiano here. Um, you know, he he's again, you know, he he's uh pretty much the best Rutgers could possibly hope for. Um, and funny enough, uh, they almost fumbled the bag and didn't get him. I was very close to fumbling that negotiation, but they got him for the second tenure. And um, let's face it, he built he can build a run game and he can build a defense. Yeah, Tennessee almost had him too, but that whole drama that happened there. Um. My next one is Matt Rule. Um, Matt Rule, he, he can build programs, does a really good job. Um, you know, I think that he kind of got a bad 
yeah, bad, you know, uh, hand this this season with the turnovers by the quarterback and stuff and like that, uh, and injuries and, and all those things. Eight out of so, eleven starters. Yeah. Um. So I think he's a really good coach, though, and I think we'll see more of that. Kind of what I said earlier. Just you know, he hasn't really done it in the Big Ten yet. Um. So he, but he has the potential to probably be above James Franklin if he's able to do some really good things at some point. So, all right, number eight, Justin. Uh, David Braun here for me. Um. Yeah. Just just completely monumentally impressed with what he was able to do and uh, i think the only reason he's the low is just you know small sample size let's see what he does moving forward um if he continues the success he's naturally going to climb way up this list so yeah a lot to like for uh, northwestern there i agree i agree number nine um i had a uh, oh kurt uh dude i can never pronounce his name just go with kurt kurt signetti signetti that's it dude i don't know why for the life of me, I can't pronounce his name. I love that um, Indiana fans are all over Twitter with cigarettes in there. <laughs> no, just just not a lot of uh, not a lot to go off of there. You know, just uh, you know, short, not 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 a super long tenure either in the Big Ten. Um, but I just think what he's been able to do there again at a at a school that's not known for football. Um, he's done he's done a good job there overall. So I, I think I think nine is fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he's around that spot for me too. I'll say him soon, but I gotta go with David Braun first. Uh, a lot of what John said, I just think that we need uh, more than one season to kind of see it um, in the Big Ten. So that's my spot. John, who's your number nine? Uh, we'll go Brett Bielema here. Um, obviously, uh, you know, had an incredible season last year. Uh, took Michigan to the buzzer. Uh, I was at that game. Uh, yeah, I was. I was definitely thinking uh did i just fly from florida all the way to ann arbor for us to lose to illinois um so luckily jake moody saved that from being uh the first loss that year um and even this year took a bit of a dip but that was expected with all the talent going to the nfl so um so i think uh i think the program look from where it was before we got there a dumpster fire (laughs) where it is now a pretty stable program uh, that has future and has promise. Yeah, I agree. All right, who's your number ten? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Loxley, and uh, and and he's somebody who I think, um, you know, a lot of us probably would have had higher, except you know, there's just again, you know, sample size and the various different coaches that have done things, and it's kind of hard to evaluate because some of them have you know won national or, or like you know, gotten the Kirk Signetti got to a national championship game in the FCS. Like where, you know, where do you rank these things sometimes? But, but Mike Loxley took a Maryland program um, that was struggling. Um, you can argue a lot of that was Talia, uh, but he was able to build a pretty significant offense around Talia. Uh, the defense improved this year. Uh, the only reason he's this low is because he hired Josh Gaddis. Uh, I don't understand that decision. At all, <laughs> and and Kevin Sumlin, but Josh Gaddis uh, gets a special place yeah. in my heart for uh, WTF. Um, so I'm I'm putting him I'm putting him ten. 
All right. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Jonathan Smith at 10. Uh, sorry, John. I know that hurts you a little bit, but um, I'm just really impressed with what he did at uh, Oregon State. I think that he did yeah. a really good job there, uh, not just with one quarterback, you know, kind of like you were saying with Talia, with Mike Loxley and stuff, uh, but with different quarterbacks. And uh, he's building a good coaching staff at Michigan State, I think, as well. He's getting some good players out of the portal. Yeah. Uh, granted, some of those were his players at Oregon State, but still good players that he's able to get there. So, uh, um, I'm high on Jonathan Smith, and and I think it's going to be a good season. Not a great season, but a good season for Michigan State. All right, Justin, who's your number 10? Yeah, I'm going to go Mike Luxley here as well. Just, um, you know, he would be higher on my list if, you know, the, the debacle, you know, towards the later half of the season didn't happen. Um, but, again, just, you know, I think I think he he's building – something there that can be sustainable with the style they play. And, you know, he's, he's able to go out and, you know, he's, he's going to be able to recruit offensive guys to this team. You know, he's going to be able to go out and get quarterbacks. I just think, uh, you know, just what he's done since he took over just has Maryland uh, on the upward swing. And, and we saw that through the first five games. I just think the more he's there, the more he can get, you know, the depth and, and the, you know, hopefully, bring some guys in that maybe are better, you know, suited for his staff. Um, but I, I like Mike, Michael Oxley a lot. Just he's put, he's made Maryland fun. So yeah, I, I'll put him there. And then uh, I would have to, at 11, I'll finally put Brett Bielema. Sorry, Sonny. Um, <laughs> again, just, just coming off of this season, I just, I, I think Illinois looked, you know, at, at times like a train wreck. And I think at this point, Bielema should, should be, I, I think the team should look, a lot cleaner than they and play a lot cleaner than they did at a lot of points this season. Again, you know, the Nebraska game, especially Illinois, and that wasn't the only game. They just looked undisciplined and it's, it's, they were just giving the game away left and right. You know, I think they only scored seven points in that game. So those are things that a guy like Bielema should already have kind of coached out of these guys, the small disciplinary stuff. So we'll see uh, moving forward what, what he can do there. But um, yeah, I, I, I'll put Bielema there. Sorry, I forgot to even put him there. I was looking at something in the chat. Um, Number 11 for me is Kirk Signetti. I think that Kirk Signetti had a really, uh, you know, really good um, team at James Madison. And I think that he's coming in with a lot of hype and he's bringing in some good, good players that aren't just his players at uh, James Madison. I fully expected him to bring Jordan McLeod in, but he actually went and he got Curtis Rourke out of Ohio, which I think he is a much better quarterback than some people realize. Uh, so I think he could be good for Indiana. We'll see. It kind of goes back to expectations. What can he accomplish? Those kind of things. But um, at least for now and what he has in his history, I'll go with Kirk Signetti. John, who's your number 11? Yeah, you got to hand it to Indiana for for hiring Kirk Signetti. I'm picking him. Um, you know, they could have just phoned it in and and picked a coordinator and promoted them. Uh, they didn't do that. They they went and they they got the guy who's crushing it at James Madison of all places. Um, you know, he he did get to an FCS national championship. Um, built that team uh, and did a great job there. Obviously, eleven and one is final season at James Madison. So. Uh, for those reasons, I'm putting him 11th. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Who's your number 12? Okay. Um, I'm going to go Jonathan Smith. Uh, you know, uh, he did coach Oregon State to have a pro football focused top five O-line last year. Um, you know, uh, grew the Oregon State Beavers, obviously uh, due to 
situations outside his control um, due to a certain conference commissioner fumbling the bag. Um, you know, Oregon State was left basically swimming in the wind. Uh, so I think the the move to Michigan State and what he's already been able to do at Michigan State with a program dealing with the aftermath of, you know, Mel Tucker and that whole situation, I think he's been doing all right. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so too. I will go with Mike Loxley in this one. My big thing with Mike Loxley is he just he seems to lose games every year that he should win. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, those are really tough games for him to win. Uh, and I and I can understand like dropping one or two there, but uh, just some of the losses this season and other seasons, it's like, man, you got the more talented team, you recruit well, you should be making these things happen. Uh, and also, like Jordan, like John said, the Josh gaddis effect is also uh in there as well so. <laughs> justin who's your number 12 uh jonathan smith uh just based on what he did and and uh what seemed to be a a not a sinking ship but a ship that was already uh shipwrecked at the bottom of the ocean and uh so yeah a lot of credit to him and and again like i'll mention his previous uh 10 years so I, I think um just what he was able to do you know puts him above the the little trash cans we got left on the list Yes, yeah, speaking of those trash cans, who is your number one trash can on the Big Ten? You know what? <laughs> I hate I hate to even put PJ Fleck not last, but I'm going to put PJ Fleck uh, here um, just because Ryan Walters made it personal this year. But uh, PJ Fleck's little tight pant wearing you know bald head, <laughs> uh, running around like he's about to play the damn game. It's really annoying, and uh, I don't know where he's <laughs> rowing the boat to, but he got lost at sea somewhere because. <laughs> I don't know where the hell they're going. That, that, QB room, <laughs> that QB room is horrible. So, yeah, P.J. Fleck is lucky he's uh, 13. Uh, yeah, P.J. Fleck did not beat Iowa until this year. P.J. Fleck has had one good flash in the pan year. Um, I I can't even put P.J. Fleck. I'm going with Ryan Walters. Whoa! <laughs> I can't, I can't oh, do it. man. I, I can't do the it. In my, the boat. In my mind, P.J. Fleck, he's just... <laughs> I mean, I don't like to be mean. I don't like to insult people, but he just seems like a little weirdo. He is. Um, I don't know. I know Minnesota fans get mad at me. It's purely off vibes. I don't have any statistics to say like, oh, PJ Fleck isn't great, but he just gives me bad vibes and he loses coaches and his quarterbacks are never all that great. Um, So he always looks like he's on. I don't know if I can say it, but, you know, his eyes are always like this. So, <laughs> I know what you're, I know where you're going with that. All right. <laughs> A little booger sugar, but. Oh, All right. Boy. John, who's your last oh, two? Okay. Um, I'm going to go PJ Flex second to last uh, because he did have the 2019 season. Uh, he did have, uh, you know, a couple of, of decent flashes and a couple of decent games, but I, his shtick is getting old. Um, the only reason I'm like, it's still Minnesota. Minnesota's been pretty bad uh, at times. And PJ Fleck has at least elevated the program where usually they're doing, you know, seven wins and occasionally, you know, nine. And uh, that's still better than they were doing under Tracy Clays and, yeah. uh, you know, some of the, the worst Jerry Kill years. And uh, so I, I put him second to last. And then Ryan Walters, we just don't have enough of a sample size yet. Four and eight his first year, exactly what we predicted they were going to go. Um, yeah, just we haven't seen enough yet, and you know he he could very well be due for a 
a big second year, but um, with you know with everybody coming in and it becoming an eighteen uh, team uh, Big Ten, I doubt it. He's probably going to stick around four to five wins. So fourteenth, Ryan Walters, and he talks a lot. He talks a lot uh, in the lead up to our game. He was you know he was he was a little mouthy for uh, for where he's ranked on this list. So. Um, any, anybody in here, I didn't tell you guys we were going to do this, but I figured I would surprise you. Any, uh, hot seat candidates in here? I'll go ahead and do it first. Ryan Day is on the hot seat. He's got to beat Michigan if he wants, if he wants to, uh, keep his job after this season, I think. So, um, Ryan Day, uh, man, I don't know. I don't want to say, dude, if Bielema has a failure of a season, Mike Loxley is. I'm just I'm just trying to get Sonny in there. <laughs> uh Loxley definitely. Uh, I would put Loxley on there. Um I think Kurt Ferentz is too liked. No, I'm just saying I, I, he won't get Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's basically like, God he's in Iowa. He's Iowa. He is Iowa. So yeah. Um I think that. You think PJ Fleck? PJ Fleck on the hot seat, Justin? I that's what I was thinking. I, I was I was almost tempted to to say PJ Fleck, um, but yeah, it's tough just because the expectations are so low in Minnesota. But I'm just well, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict the future and and looking at the QB room he has, he's not gonna do well. And uh, I think I think he might be on the hot seat next year. Okay, so we'll say you know hot seat. Yeah, he's we'll he's on a very very mark. warm seat right now. We'll say hot seat question. Oh, I mess that up john you have uh, anybody on the hot seat yeah i'm gonna put third base ryan day on the hot seat um he needs to beat he needs to beat michigan um the the offense without marvin harrison jr woof yeah uh it was not good. <laughs> that was that was hard to uh, marvin harrison jr just showed how generational of a talent he is because right. without him, that's that's not a good offense. Um, so yeah, he needs to shore that up. And the he needs to hire an OC, and he needs to be the CEO. He needs to hire a really good OC to to kind of be the head coach of the offense and just be the CEO of the program. I'm also going to do it for PJ Fleck. I think, like I said, I think his shtick is running out, mm-hmm. um, and he needs to prove it this this upcoming year. Um, if he has another disappointing season, I think they might look elsewhere. It's just wild that we rank the second best coach in the conference on the hot seat, and <laughs> almost it's just because of how crazy Ohio is. Like it's just so crazy. I get it, man, dude. I'm one of them. I I love Ryan Day. I think that Ryan Day is just like a really good person, and I want him to succeed really bad. But at yeah. the end of the day, if you can't beat Michigan, you can't be the head coach at Ohio State, right? Like, it's it's true. just the way it is. Expectations uh, matter, and right. they're high there. Yeah. So, and you can't yeah. lose to Missouri by only scoring three points. I don't, you know, I understand you're a third string quarterback in, but you can't do that. So, Ryan Day's, <laughs> Ryan Day's in that tough position that we all talk about DeBoer being in, where you're following like the the legendary, one of the legendary coaches, not the legendary, because there's been multiple at Ohio State, of right. course. But, you know, coming off of Urban Meyer, it was, uh, it was tough shoes to fill, but right. uh, just especially that long streak. Yeah. Just, I figured. It's so crazy because the guy who was was a midnight kick away from probably winning the title last year um, and and basically was pretty damn close to beating Michigan this year 
Uh, he's had three Big Ten losses his entire career, and yet he's on the hot seat. It just boggles my mind. It's like, who would want to coach for that team? Uh, like, I get it's it, the perks are great. You could probably get a nice 10 mil a year, uh, great facilities, NIL, et cetera. But like the expectations, the mental health has to be down the toilet because the expectations are you lose to Michigan by one point, the season's ruined. And that's just that's just tough because Michigan's much better than they were when Urban was playing them. I hate to tell you. Like no, I, I, Urban I, Urban gets all this credit and everything. And yeah, seven and oh uh, well, seven and one if you count his uh, loss at Florida. But seven and uh, Ohio to, State. <laughs> but seven and oh at Ohio State. Um, but he was facing like Brady Hoke half the half of his tenure. Yeah. He was <laughs> let's be honest, he was facing yeah. uh the early Jim Harbaugh years before he figured it out and hired Mike McDonald. So I I just think, um, yeah, it's just a different era and the expectations I think are a little too high. And, um, but he's on the hot seat because he needs to beat Michigan. I would say the only thing that he could do next season, if he does lose to Michigan, which is completely possible because he almost did it before is make it to the national championship game. Yeah. I didn't even say he has to win it. If he just makes it yeah. to the national championship game, gets a playoff win, shows he can beat a good, you know, top tier team, then for me at the very least, I don't think it would be everybody, but for me at the very least, I would be I would be okay with him staying another year. I think if he beats Michigan and makes the playoff, I think he might be safe for another season. If he beats Michigan, he's good. Yeah. If he gets nine wins and beats Michigan, he's good. That's mm-hmm. all people care about. Yep. That, that is that is a good point. So, but, and he might, if he gets nine wins and beats Michigan, he might make the playoffs anyway. So that, that's my, that's basically my point is if I think if he beats Michigan, he's there in. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, that's all we have for those rankings. I'm going to bring us back to the intro. Cause we're kind of, Oh, kind of hard. There we there. are. And uh, then I got to move us back. So, um, Justin, why don't you tell people where they can find you at and uh, listen to you more if they want to? Yeah. Um, so, Nebraska fans, uh, you can follow me over at Nebraska Football at The Voice of College Football over on Mark Rogers' uh, network, The Voice of College Football. And uh, Sonny, in the comments, me and him started uh, the Big Ten Show. It's uh, at Big Ten Show on X and uh, Big Ten Show on um, YouTube. So, Go uh, check us out over there for uh, latest in Big Ten content. Very good. And then, John, you have your own Big Ten show as well on top of your Michigan stuff. Tell people about that. Yeah. Yeah, I got to hang out with uh, Justin and Sonny on their show. That was a good time. Uh, and, of course, uh, predicted the, the Justin and I predicted that Michigan would win. Yep. Mission accomplished there. Um, yes. So I have two shows right now because uh, Michigan post game is, of course, on hiatus till august september but um but the two shows are michigan wolverines live every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern on the michigan channel at voice of college football and then starting this monday this upcoming monday uh whereas before we did a a big 10 show it's like a four-hour block with mark rogers the first two hours and me the second uh, well mark rogers is moving to fridays at 7 p.m eastern uh, and so you can pick up the phone and dial him and, and uh, pick up the phone. And he has a call in line that you can check out. Um, but my show, The Ocho, is about to become standalone. Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Our first guest is Sonny, 
Um, and and we're gonna do a deep dive on Illinois football, and we'll probably have both of you on to do deep dives on Nebraska and on yep. Ohio State. So, uh, you know, because we're gonna go through all eighteen teams and go because one of the biggest things I've heard from the community, we want to hear more about programs that aren't named Michigan and Ohio State. Yep. We want to hear about Illinois. We want to hear about Indiana. We you know we want to hear about Nebraska. Um, you know, so we're going to give the people what they want and we're going to have a guest or two from each school every week, uh, to do a deep dive on that program. Um, and then we'll have our voice of college football community panel, uh, to round out the two hours. So I'm really excited, uh, for uh, Monday at 8 PM Eastern with the Ocho. There you go. Scott's excited about it. Sonny's excited about it. So yeah, I love the voice of college football. That's uh Mark does great stuff over there. We've had Mark yeah, on. We've had all of Mark's Big Ten people on. So uh friend, friends of the Big Ten huddle over there at Absolutely. the uh the voice of college love football. It. So thanks guys for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. Hope you aren't too offended by our coach ranking, but if you are, that's okay. Just watch they will be. and you know, it's fine. So yep. have a great night, everybody. See you later. Bye now.